Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Great. I should uh, speak more often if I get an uh, introduction like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah, no, for, for me, uh, this morning, it's a, uh, it's a great privilege. It's, I always count it a great privilege to, to speak uh, to other people, whether um, whatever the number is, small or large, just to impart into people's lives. And uh, who, Who's been enjoying the, the Summer in the Psalm series? Yeah, 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 a few people, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, it's been a great series. It's uh, something that I've uh, been really blessed by listening. Um, me and Joanne have not been here the last two weeks, but um, we've been listening to the podcast. Encourage you, uh, as Stephen has said, if you haven't been around, just listen to the podcast. It's a, a great resource just to be able to keep in the loop of what's happening at the church and just to hear some great messages. And um, I, I was, as I was preparing for today, I was thinking, you know, what psalm should I speak about? I was a bit unsure. Um, you know, there wasn't a psalm that, that kind of really jumped out at me, but uh, I really felt uh, from God just to, to speak about Psalm chapter 37. Uh, it's quite a long psalm. We're going to read through it uh, in a second. But just before we start, I'd just like uh, for us to pray together. Uh, thank you, God, for, for this time we have this, this morning, God. As Stephen has, has already said, God, we pray, Lord, that you'd speak into every single one of our hearts this morning. God, that you'd change us, Lord, that you'd make us different. You'd make us into your image, God, this morning. Lord, uh, I pray as I speak this morning that you'll, uh, that you'll use my words, Lord, that you will speak through me, Lord, into people's lives, into people's situations. God, where people have been stuck in certain situations, God, I pray there'd be something that helps them to move on to the next step in their life, to move forward, God, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Great. So uh, Psalm chapter 37, it is quite a long chapter, but I'm just going to read um, some small parts from it. So firstly, um, uh, verses 1 to 7 and then 14 to 26. Just try and stay with me. So first one, it says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. And then from verse 14 onwards, it says, The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy. To slay those whose ways are upright, but their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty, but the wicked will perish. That the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, field, they will be consumed, they will go up in smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children 
or B, they bless him. So just uh, by a show of hands here, who really, really likes to watch a good film? A good film? Yeah, a lot of hands up in here. Who likes to watch a good TV series? Yeah, yes, yeah, so, uh, a lot of hands as well. Well, me and Joanna, one of the things we love doing, we love watching, the, uh, watching a film, we love going to the cinema, you know, um, with August, you know, things being a bit more quiet around church, we've uh, been able to go to the cinema this week, which has been brilliant, and we're planning to go to the cinema a bit more, you know, in the, in the quiet time, because we love watching uh, uh, a good film. But, you know, I don't know whether you've noticed this, but uh, often you'll find in a lot of TV series and a lot of films, you'll have uh, a good side and you'll have a bad side. Yeah, so, you know, even sometimes you won't even remember the character's name, but you might be talking to someone and say, yeah, yeah, you know, the good guy, the good guy. Or you might say, oh, yeah, yeah, the bad guy, you know. And, uh, you know, it it doesn't happen in every film or every TV series, but in a lot of them, you find that there's a good side, you know, uh, someone that you're rooting for, and there's a, a bad side, someone, you know, you really don't want to succeed. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, even though we, with most films we can predict the good guy is going to win at the end, we still absolutely love it, you know, we're still watching it, we're still getting involved with it. And, you know, one of the, the types of films that uh, I love to watch is superhero films who likes a good superhero film yeah and in superhero films it's so so clear you know you know straight from the beginning who the good guy is you know it's the superhero you know and you know the bad who the bad guy is straight away because it's their enemy and it's so so clearly defined in these films and in these tv series when you say well what you know why are you talking about tv why are you talking about film well i think in the same way just as you know in these films we see a good side and a bad side, that actually throughout this chapter uh, 37, we actually see the psalmist talking about a good side, you know, those who do the right things, and a bad side, those who do things that aren't so good. You know, he he talks about all these different things, you know, uh, for the good side, he says it's those who refrain from anger and wrath, those who are meek, those who enjoy peace and prosperity, those who are blameless, those that uh, they do not wither, they are generous, they utter wisdom, and the law of God is in their hearts. Whereas on the other side, the bad side, he says, it's those who plot against the righteous, you know, against the good people. It's those who run to violence. It's those that bring down the poor and needy. It's those that perish, and it's those that borrow and do not pay. And look, this morning I'm not saying, uh, I'm not looking to condemn anyone and say, you know, we've all got to be on the good side and be perfect all the time. But, you know, what we are saying is that I think uh, in our lives we've got to aim to do the right thing, right? Yeah, we've got to aim to do the right thing. See, uh, God has an amazing amount of grace and love for our lives. You know, the, the amazing thing about God is that he loves us exactly as we are despite, you know, all the things that we might have done wrong or are doing wrong or may do wrong in the future. Despite all of that, God still loves us. But as we say at our church, you know, God loves us too much to leave us where we are. That actually he wants us to move forward. And actually that God actually wants to move us onto this good side and and say, you know what, I'm more on this side than on, on that side. That actually I might make a mistake a few times, but actually... God is leading me into the goodness and the right way of life that he is leading for me. Are you with me? Yes, great. So uh, I just got three points that I just want to share around uh, looking at 
pursuing, uh, uh, focusing on that good side. Three things that we can do to help us stay on the right track to be on the good side. So number one, pursue God. Turn to your neighbor and say, pursue God. In Psalm chapter 37, verses 3 to 4, and then verse 7, this is what it says. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then moving on, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. When I say pursue God, it means that we run after God with everything that's within us. That, that literally we lay everything aside and say, God, I'm going to focus on you. you know, it's, it's, it's that analogy of, of letting God take in the driving seat of your life, that you actually move away from driving the car and you say, God, you drive the car of my life. God, you make the decisions. God, you lead me. You direct me. That's what it means to pursue God. And see, the thing is, is that we all pursue something. You know, whether it's God, whether it's your career, whether it's uh, how you look, we all focus on something on our lives, but we have to make sure that we focus on God above anything else. So I want to have a look at that first four that I mentioned again, um, 37 verse four, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Who's heard of this, this verse before? Yeah, it's quite a, a well-known verse. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of, of your heart. So we've just split up into two parts. So firstly, take delight in the Lord. It's like, take delight in the Lord. You know, what, take delight in the Lord. You know, it's not, if we're being honest, you know, that sort of phrase to take delight in, it's not something we would say. You know, being honest, a lot of the time now, so sometimes we can, you know, read this and think, more, well, what do we mean, take delight in the Lord? You know, what, what he's saying here, the writer is just basically saying to take pleasure in just to, to have great pleasure in doing something. So you might say, I take delight in my job. So I have great pleasure in, in, in doing my job. You know, it's something I really enjoy. I, I spend all my time in, or you might take delight in your appearance. You know, I, I love to buy new clothes, or, you know, I love to, to look presentable and, and, and look really well. You might say those things. But, but what he's saying in this verse is that we have to take delight in the Lord. You see, it's good to have all those other things, but the problem is, is when our happiness source comes from all those other things. Yeah? So when something goes wrong in your life that you're focusing on, your your mood changes and, you know, everything, your world falls apart because you're not taking delight in God, but you're taking delight in other things. And you see, it's, it's okay to have these other things in our life, but God says, above anything else, Take delight in me. Pursue me. Uh, take pleasure in serving me. If we look at John chapter 4, verses 14, Jesus says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, the thing is, you know, we, and there's nothing wrong with it. We love, you know, th- th- there's never a time where you'll watch a great film and think, you know, that was so good, I'm going to be happy for the rest of my life. I'm never going to watch a film again. That's it. That film was so good. That was, you know, it, that never happens, does it? You know, uh, with these things, that they are temporary. It might give you a bit of happiness or a bit of joy for that one moment. But what Jesus is saying here is that if you pursue him, he will feel a happiness, give you a peace, 
and a, a, a purpose that nothing else in this world can give you. It says, the water I will give you, you will never be thirsty again. You'll never need anything else again. That's what God says. You pursue me before anything else. So that first part, take delight in the Lord. And then that second part, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. And you know, we love this part of the verse, don't we? You know, we often quote this as like, yeah, God's going to give me the desires of my heart. Yeah, God's going to give me everything that I want. Yeah, that, that new job that I'm going to get, you know, that, that new car. Yeah, the desires of my heart. Come on, come on, everyone. The desires of my heart. Yeah, that new car. You know, we get crazy about those, those different things. But, you know, sometimes we forget that, that first part. So the thing is, is when you take delight in the Lord, when you put God first, God changes your heart. Yeah, he changes your heart. So when you say, God, you know what? I'm going to put your purposes first. I'm going to put your way first. God implants his heart into your heart. So actually what you desire, the desires of your heart become what God wants. You know, to see other lives changed around you, to impact a community, to be generous, to, to make a difference in this world, to see Mansfield change, to serve in the church, to worship God every day, to, uh, to pray in and read in your Bible, to walk in every day with God. That's what God does. When you focus on him, he gives you the desires of your heart because your heart is then aligned with God's heart. And you know... As we pursue this, I really believe, you know, as Stephen has already said already, he wants to do something special. You know, he wants to do something great in Mansfield. You know, we are dreaming of the day when uh, this building is, is packed out, where actually this, this room is, uh, is not big enough to hold enough of us because there's more, more people come in. You know, the day where uh, we're running community after community event, where uh, people's lives are being changed, where uh, people uh, know that there's churches in Mansfield, that people's lives are changed, that people come to salvation, that people come to know God. And you know, God's got a purpose and a plan for every single one of us. Do you believe it? Yeah. He's got a purpose and a plan. He wants to do something special. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to the end of my life and think, you know, yeah, things have been okay. Yeah, it's been average. But I want to get to the end of my life and think, wow, God's done some amazing things in my life. God's really changed people's hearts. He's, he's used me to, to, to help other people. And as we pursue God, I believe God will really do that in our lives. Amen. So that was number one, pursue God. So number two, pursue righteousness. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you righteous? So righteousness, again, is, is maybe not a word we, we would use all the time. But what we say in pursuing righteousness is just literally just to, to do the right thing. You know, in the situation to do the morally right thing, uh, uh, to, in every situation, pursuing the act of doing the right thing. Now, I said before, you know, uh, this isn't a church of perfect people. You know, there isn't a church of perfect people. You know, we don't, uh, we don't do things to, to please God, but we believe that God wants us uh, uh, to change us and, and mold us and shape us so that we become more like him. So there are th- three things within pursuing righteousness that, are, that he mentions within this chapter. So firstly, uh, is meekness. Uh, Psalm chapter 37 verse 11 says, 
but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. I'll say that again. The meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. This verse has actually been quoted uh, in, I believe it's Matthew chapter 5 by Jesus uh, in this, the part of the Bible that we call the Beatitudes. So it's, um, it's that, those, uh, that words where Jesus says, blessed are the, blessed are the. And he actually says it there. He says, blessed are the meek, for they inherit the land. So actually, you know, if the psalm writer is saying it here and then Jesus all this time later is saying it as well, it's, you know, it's, it must be a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. It's been written there and then Jesus is actually saying it as well. But I, but I don't know about you, but I, I don't often hear someone being called meek. You know, it's not, again, it's not a word we'd always use. And I think sometimes we misunderstand the word. We misunderstand what meek means. Sometimes we can think something differently to what actually the, the Bible um, describes as meekness. So uh, meekness uh, isn't being a doormat for someone, for someone else. So someone, you know, people think that being a meek person means that you never share your opinion you know, that people uh, will trample all over you and, you know, um, will, will kind of push you down and, and that basically you're a doormat for other people. Uh, also as well, meekness is, is not a personality type. It's not the type of person who, um, you know, who is quiet and reserved, you know, who just doesn't say anything or is a bit more uh, introverted or, or quiet. It, it's not those things. But meekness is actually someone that is humble. Just as simple as that. Someone who's, who's humble enough to say, you know what? Uh, God's ways are better than my ways. You know, uh, I, I might make think that I've got it all together, but actually uh, God knows better than me. That is humble enough to, to say that. And you know, uh, as it's been said at our church, and, and Phil, uh, our, our teaching pastor, likes to say, you know, the, the challenge with humility is when someone talks to you in an area that you feel you are really, really gifted at, or you have a, not, a lot of knowledge. So in your minds now, just think of one thing that you think, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at. Have, have you got something in your mind? Do you, want, you can respond if you want. Yeah. Have you got something in your mind? <laughs> yeah? So you've got one thing in your mind that you think you're, you're really, really good at. Well, imagine if someone came to you and just completely discounted everything you thought you knew about that and tried to give you advice about that one thing how would you feel you know if it was me if I'm being I'm being honest here if someone you know spoke to me about something that I I felt I was really knowledgeable in you know sometimes I'd find it difficult to listen to because I'd think you know what I think I know better yeah if we're being honest sometimes we can think we know better but you know humility uh, uh, is is literally being able to listen to someone you know taking on board uh, what people say to you, you know, whether it's someone young, whether it's someone old, that's what it means to be humble. Uh, meekness is also someone that refrains from revenge and defensiveness. Someone that refrains from revenge and defensiveness. Now, uh, Moses, you know, is a great character in the Old Testament. It, it talks about in Numbers 12 how Moses was the most meekest uh, uh, and most humble person on the earth. You know, that's a pretty big, you know, statement to make. And actually, in this chapter, it shows that his brother and his sister actually uh, were criticizing him massively. They were saying to him, um, 
you know, how, you know, Moses, how dare you? How, you know, you think that you're the only person that can hear from God. You've married someone that isn't an Israelite. You know, why do you think you're special? And they said all these things to him. And Moses could have hit back straight away and said, how dare you say that? You know, God's called me all these different things. But actually, Moses in that situation, he didn't say anything at all. He actually just let God deal with that situation. And the question for us is, how do we react when criticism comes to us? You know, are we, uh, are we sensitive? Are we um, so oversensitive that no one can say anything to us? You know, do we take things on board or do we, as soon as someone says something, do we hit back and try to get one back on them? You know, uh, you know the, the other thing is, is do, do we like to have the last word, you know, in, in an argument? No, being honest, you know, if we, uh, sometimes I like to have the last word, you know, even when someone might send an email and it's, been sent to everyone and it doesn't look good to you and you're thinking, I really want to have the last word here. But actually, you know, we're being honest. You know, being meek means that you don't have to react. That you don't have to act in revenge or be defensive. That actually you know that God's got your side and ultimately God's got your back. So uh, that was pursuing righteousness. That was meekness. So also in pursuing righteousness to look at generosity. Psalm chapter 37, verse 21, it says, The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Notice there, it doesn't say, but the righteous give. And finish there, full stop. It says, the righteous give generously. You know, they don't just give, they give generously. You know, one of the things that we should be given generously in is, is our time. You know, uh, you can often tell what someone values by how much time they, they spend on different things. Now, the question is, is what do we spend most of our time on? You know, do we, do we give up our time to help other people? And, you know, just to encourage you in that, you know, one of the best ways you can uh, be generous with, with your time is to, to join one of our dream teams. You know, we've got a, a great vision at our church here. We, we believe that every person uh, should know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. You know, we run a great growth track that runs on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I would encourage you to, to, to get a, a part of that the next time it is on. Uh, and the third and the fourth week, what it focuses on is finding the right fit for you. You know, something that you can serve in. A team where you feel, you know what, I'm passionate. You know, this, this fits me. It's something I can do. It's something I really enjoy. And, you know, that, that is something just set up for you, for where you can flourish where you can uh, prosper in, in serving in, in, a, in a dream team and in, in helping other people and being generous in your time. Also, we need to be generous in our money. And you know, we're, we're, we're blessed to be a, a part of a great church that is generous with our money. We've given such a, a great amount to our Arena 2020 vision. But, you know, it doesn't end there. God calls us to be generous every day with what we have. And then also generous with our words. Psalm uh, 37 verse 30, it says, The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak what is just. You know, the question is, is what words do we say, you know, over other people's lives? And, you know, there's that other verse as well in Proverbs that you, you might have heard before, where it says, there is life and death in the tongue. You know, it doesn't say, it doesn't say there is happiness and hurt. You know, you know, you might give someone a bit of happiness, what you say, or might give them a little bit of hurt. But it says, 
There is life. You could give someone life by what you say. And there is death. You could cause, you know, death in someone's life, you know, in where they're going in their heart. There's these two extremes, you know, by what we say. And often we can think that, that actually criticism is a word for death. But actually, you know, saying a, a, a word, you know, um, giving feedback to someone um, could actually give them more life than saying a positive word that isn't true, right. if we're being honest. Right. Yeah, because sometimes we can think, well, uh, you know, for death, it's a negative word and, and life is a, is a positive word. But actually, said in the right way, you know, when we encourage each other and when we say things in a, in a loving and, and caring way, we can actually bring life and death in those situations. And we've got to believe. Uh, we've got each other's back, aren't we? You know, we're a family, we're a community, uh, and we, we speak words of life over each other. And then thirdly, within Pursue Righteousness, there is the Word of God. Psalm uh, chapter 37, verse 31 says, the law of their God is in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. So they've got the law of God. They've got the word of God in their hearts. So their feet do not slip when they're walking. And, you know, we have to make reading the Bible a, a regular part of our everyday lives. And you know what? I really believe that God wants to speak to us every single day. Do you believe that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll try that again. Do you believe that? Yeah. yeah. You know, God actually wants to speak into our hearts. And sometimes we can be searching and say, you know, God, speak to me, speak to me. But actually, you know, if we read our Bible more often, we would find that God speaks to us more often. You know, God wants to speak to you in your everyday life. And that's why he's given us the word. Because it's, it, it, it's there to speak into our lives, into our situations every single day. And that's why we, we need it in our lives. Are you still with me? Yeah. Great. Well, you might be saying, you know, well, Nathan, you know, it's all right saying, you know, becoming this meek person and generosity and reading the Bible, but how do I really do all of this? It's, it's easier said than done. You know, what I'd encourage you to do, we have some fantastic um, uh, uh, connect groups, some, some fantastic small groups in our church that we run. We realize that, you know, on a Sunday morning, you know, we love our Sunday mornings, but there isn't that room for asking questions, for always developing those cl- close relationships. But we run great small groups where that, that meek, meet up, you know, uh, weekly or bi-weekly where uh, they maybe, you know, encourage each other, where people can help each other, pray for each other, where those relationships are formed, where actually you can ask someone, you know, how do I do this? Or I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Uh, and I encourage you, if you're not part of a small group, then please, you know, sign up. We'd, we'd love to have you in, in one of our, our small groups. And we have a resource hub right at the bar area where you could find out more information about that. So thirdly and lastly, my last point is, so we've got pursue God, uh, pursue righteousness, and thirdly, uh, pursue wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Psalm chapter 37, verse 25, it says, I was young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. So this verse actually shows us that you know, the guy who's writing this chapter, you know, uh, is actually uh, at the stage of uh, being really old. You know, he's, he's seen a lot in his life and he's experienced a lot of things, which is partly maybe some of the reason why he's able to write some of these great things in this chapter. And, you know, um, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, if age doesn't bring wisdom straight away, but I believe, you know, experience 
you know, experiencing a lot of things and, and, and processing, uh, processing it in the right way does bring you wisdom a lot of the time. And, you know, wisdom is, is something that we should pursue for, for every part of our lives. Because, you, know, you know, being honest, it can be difficult when we're making decisions. You know, what job to go into, you know, uh, decisions over relationships, you know, how to, to look after our money, you know, how to respond to someone. It can be so difficult. If we don't have wisdom, it could be difficult to know how to react. And I just want to read, you know, Proverbs. If you want to learn more about this, Proverbs is a fantastic book which gives you a lot of wisdom and an amazing amount of wisdom uh, in there. Uh, Proverbs 4 verses uh, 5 onwards, it says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. That last verse, I'll read it again. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get on understanding. So almost what he's saying is saying, you know, the, the beginning of wisdom is, is actually to understand that you need wisdom in your life. You know, it's that first step that actually, you know, I, I need some help. I need, need to understand that I need wisdom and, un, you know, an understanding. And he actually says that he says, you know, if it costs you everything, if you have to sell your house, sell your car, give up your job, give up everything, then it is worth it to get wisdom and understanding. Think, wow, that is a lot of things to give up. So it must be pretty, pretty important. And I just want to make just a few points about how to make a decision in wisdom. Because I know a lot of the times, and I've struggled with this as well in the past, is that sometimes um, we can be a bit unwise on, on, on making decisions and that can kind of provide a kind of a, a difficulty for our, for our lives later on. So it's, it's important to, to know how to make a decision in wisdom. So firstly, when you need to make a decision in wisdom, you need to pray. You need to pray to God about it. You know, not just a, a one-off prayer, but I would encourage you, if there's something you need to make a decision about, pray to God daily about it. You know, even if it's a short, you know, two-minute, five-minute prayer, you know, pray to God every single day. I encourage you for, for a week, for a couple of weeks. And I really believe that God will begin to speak to you about it. We'll begin to share and begin to uh, help you uh, making that decision. Also, um, you know, making a decision in wisdom, you need to separate your emotions from the decision. Now, this can be a little bit more difficult, you know, for being honest, you know, sometimes, especially with relationships where your heart is involved in it, sometimes it can be difficult to see clearly and to understand what God is saying because your heart's involved in it. You know, it's difficult to know the, the right way or the wrong way. So sometimes you've got to try and separate your emotions from it, which also leads me on to the last bit, which is ask people with experience around you. See, sometimes we can find it difficult to know the right decision to make. And because our emotions and our heart isn't involved with it, it can be difficult. So I'd advise you, ask someone uh, around you. You know, um, Proverbs eleven fourteen it says, For lack of guidance, a nation falls. But victory is won through many advisors. You know, there should never be a situation where we just kind of, when it's a big decision, make the decision on, on your own. 
You should have those people around you. Know, you know, look out for them. Those who, who have your back. Those people who are wise and godly people. Yeah, you know, whether it's a, maybe it's a, one of the leaders in the church or someone you really trust. You know, and an, another part of that is to, to find someone who's got an experience in that area. You know, so for example, if, if I was going to buy, you know, just a, a basic example. If I was going to buy a new car and I was thinking, you know, what car do I get? Do I go for, you know, a, I don't know, a Ford or a Honda or, you know, what, what, what car do I get? I wouldn't go and ask advice from someone who's never driven a car before. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it sounds silly, but sometimes, you know, we can listen to people who don't have any experience at all in that area. So I'd advise you speak to people who know, who have experience, who, who've experienced it before, uh, because that will help massively and greatly. You know, the funny thing is, you know, we all love to, to give an, an opinion about something, don't we? Or is it just me? Yeah, just me. Yeah, so I love to, to give an opinion about something. And, you know, we've got to be careful about what opinions we, we listen to, uh, but make sure we have those people that can speak into our hearts and lives. So those are just the three points this morning. You know, um, pursue God, pursue righteousness, and pursue wisdom. And, you know, I really pray and hope that God's, you know, even if it's just a small part, that God's spoken something to you throughout these, these last kind of 30 minutes that will really help you moving forward. But, you know, before we finish, I just, as the worship team comes up, I just love to pray for you, if that's okay. Great.